Monday, December 11th. Welcome to the Road Podcast, live from NYLV Studios right here in Las Vegas. My name is D Miles. I'm with the fellas, DJ Crooked. Yo, what up? Never. Yo, what up, man? Jamie the Great. Yo. Fellas, what's good? What's good? Chilling. Man. What's, man? Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Darren. He made a great omelet this morning. Uh, I did, didn't I? It was amazing. He said, okay, hold on. It's how much of a great friend Darren is. He called me. He's like, yo, where you at? I'm like, I'm getting off of uh, the exit. And he's like, all right, man, hurry up. I got your breakfast. I was like, wow. I get there. It's cut up. It's mad nice. Uh, to all your exes that uh, that, that left Darren, uh, your loss. They know what time uh, it is. Yeah. You know? He used a pepper jack with the peppers. It was great. It was Some dice ham, onions, spinach. Yeah, I got to go mm-hmm. have breakfast at Darren's. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, you, sound, you sound too excited yeah, about you, food, man. You sound really happy. <laughs> it was incredible, like, yo. Was it, was it that good? It was incredible. Yo, never you enjoy that shit. Yeah. There's nothing more fucking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me put, the side was he sliced some bananas for me. Pause. Yeah, got to get the. I'm telling you. There's nothing worse than looking at a big man get excited about food because it looks like it looks mad sexual. It sounds mad sexual. It was incredible. Look how happy it is. It was incredible. Like, yo, I might go tomorrow morning just to there's get only a few, There's only a few of the homies I do that for. And they all hey, sit yo. Hey, oh, yo. Yeah. And, and slicing the banana. Hey. Yo, and they, no. and they had a fork and he had the tray. I was just like, yo, I feel mad special. Hey. Was, you, was you in bed? No, 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 no. I was not in bed. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch. But the couch becomes like a bed because it's mad long. Pause. <laughs> yo. yo, you need to leave the room, man. Shit. Yo, the last time I... <laughs> Last time I was excited like Jamie like that it was maybe the first time I got my ass eaten. Whoa! <laughs> That's pause, pause. I Jamie, might have to bleep that out. Jamie, Jamie, keep it real. Did you get your ass eaten? Nah, never. Never. Are you replacing Are you replacing Darren's omelet for like, you know? Nah, never, never, never. You know. Did you get lucky? Did you get lucky this weekend? A week, yeah, yeah, I guess solid week. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I was supposed to do something for Darren uh, at the club, and, hey. and I, I just wow. something came over, and then I was just chilling. Yeah, we have to delete yeah. all of this, man. Seriously, no. yeah. Why? <laughs> this is gold. So anyway, I forgot to go. Well, I didn't end up going because I had some situation to handle, and then Darren called me at three in the morning by accident, which was one of the greatest phone calls that he does not remember. Yeah. Until you just brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was I incredible. It was a good it. weekend. Yeah. How was y'all weekend, guys? I had a great one. It was good. I can't complain. Me and Neva, me and Neva been going through, well, it's not even me, me and just Neva. It's like me and a, like a, a kind of like circle of DJs. We've just been going through uh, not like problems with openers, but just like, I don't know. Like there's definitely like the, the, the way openers are nowadays, I think the philosophy or the thinking behind an opener nowadays is a lot different and i think it's just kind of we're all trying to adapt to that shit right now right honestly i really don't think they do it on purpose well well let's talk about what they don't let's talk about what they don't okay it's like when you come into a club at 12 12 midnight the last thing you want to hear is an opener playing a big song right or like the bigger song, the biggest song of the night was popping right now. You don't want to hear that. It's it kind of fucks up your mood. All right, so it's an age old story, right? Openers like burning the headliners. Yeah, I I've been an opener, I've been a headliner, I I I'm both at certain points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, I think I 
I I try to look at everything from the, both perspectives. Yeah. So for an opener in Las Vegas, right? A lot of pressure, right? Yeah. A lot of pressure for an opener in Las Vegas. Open first of all, opening at a club is a hard fucking job. It's a very hard job. I think opening at a club is harder than headlining. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you you can't burn somebody. It's not only that. You need, first of all, an opener needs musical knowledge. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they need to know, like, the old songs that still work in the club. Yeah. And and they also need to know how to read a crowd. And they need to have restraint because when certain songs aren't working, they need to have an arsenal of, like, songs that aren't bangers or relevant bangers that they can play but that are night. bangers, right? Yeah, that still work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, the, honestly, that takes a lot of experience, like to to be an opener that good. Yeah, yeah. So, I think in Vegas, fucking high energy as soon as the doors open, right? People are usually like fucked up already, right? They pre game for sure. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you got like bachelorette parties coming in. You got motherfuckers ready in the club. They want to dance. They want to hear like their, you know, they, they want to hear all their favorite jams. They probably been drinking since five p.m. or even earlier Morning, in the day. Since they got yeah, off the plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah, since they got off the plane or even at the pool party and they right. went straight. in the plane. Yeah, they probably already drinking. So that you got to keep that energy up without playing the bangers. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard job. Opening is a hard job. Um, honestly, uh, like. When I there's a few openers like yo Darren you're an amazing opener, uh, Neva's an amazing opener. There's a lot of dudes that are really really fucking good. There's yeah. certain cities outside of Vegas that I I mean I, they're amazing DJs. They're amazing uh, openers and they're like when you hear that talent when they're opening you know that that dude can like headline. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, but I kind of wanted to go through. The thinking of the openers nowadays. Yeah. So what do you guys think? I think there's a level of anxiety that they hit when they got that pressure from like maybe a manager, like, yo, these bottles are coming out. I got these bachelorette parties sitting at eleven o'clock and they want some energy. So they don't know how to like translate that energy without playing a banger. Right? Mm-hmm. Like so they translate energy into something hot. But energy doesn't have to be that. Energy can just be maybe you hopping on the mic and shouting them out, or it could be you just digging into your repertoire from like 2007 and playing a banger from that year. Yeah, it doesn't have to be what's hot in 2017 or even 2015 for that matter. It could, there's so many directions you can go, right? Like I feel yeah, like I totally agree with you. You can hit different avenues and still keep it popping and, and not burn the headliner. And to be honest, when you play those bangers that early, it doesn't work. It doesn't have the same no. effect. It doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. And, and it's, it's even too worse. early. And it's worse when the headliner plays it again. You make it even worse than yeah, the first then, time it was played, right? Because <laughs> people's like, "Damn, I heard this shit earlier. Why is he playing the same songs over right. and over again?" It's kind of like when you're a headliner, you have like one chance to make a first impression, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. when you get on, you want to hit them, right? And an opener is mm-hmm. supposed to be setting the night up, but this is how I always look at headliners and openers. I look at them as like a team. Mm-hmm. You're like we're a team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the headliner. Like that- my bottle is your bottle. Like, we're working together. Right. Like, yeah. let's say an opener can't close and he has to go to another gig. Yo, I'll close the night out. Right. Like, we work together. You need me to start earlier and I'm a headliner? I'll start earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it should be a team effort where we're, we're all working towards one goal, which is to make this room pop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But some openers, they're kind of, I kind of feel like they want to get put on. 
They want a headline instead of opening. So they'll try to go out and play like all the hits to get the shit popping early. They're trying to like just like burn you just to take your spot. Like, exactly. yo, I can do what you can do. I could do but it better. The, the crazy thing is that being an opener, you gotta you have to have an arsenal of records. Me running around with Darren, like o- him opening um, nightclubs, I'll be like, I-, I pay attention to what he's playing. And honestly, it's way, I like his sets better than the headliners because all the headliners playing is the shit that is hot. Exactly. And it's on the mm-hmm. radios. Which is which is why we say that it's almost easier to be a headliner than it is to be an opener. It is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It uh, takes a lot to be an opener. It's like, it's not easy because you have to sorry. keep up the energy and shit like that. But you have to know your music. You have to do your research. You just cannot, you know, jack a sound a, a library from somebody and think you're gonna be an opener. Nah, you have to know what was popping in 2012, what was popping 20, 2005, and all that shit's gonna work. At a point, all these songs were a banger. So why are yeah. you trying to play the new shit when you can just kill it with the old shit? That's how I see it. All right. So like, I want to go through a couple of uh, questions. Okay. <laughs> right. So I wanna I wanna see things from a headliner's point of view. And I want to see things from an opener point of view, all right? So from a headliner point of view, you walk into room at midnight, you know, and an opener's maybe burning you. Maybe an opener's playing, you know, certain songs, and they're maybe on the mic, they're doing all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? First of all, I want to say, I don't think openers are trying to take the headliner's job. I honestly don't think that. But at the, at the same time, I don't think an opener understands the pressure that a headliner has. Right. Because... A headliner has a bad set, you know what I'm saying? Like they may not get it's a wrap. Like yeah. their residency is over, oh, it's yeah. done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, you get a bunch of people that come in. You got like uh people requesting songs, you got to play like bottles, uh like bottle music and shit. Some people want to hear like that that like fucking Star Wars or fucking Rocky the soundtrack yeah. theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That yeah. shit fucks up the energy in the room and you got to bring it back. So you so a headliner needs as many bangers as he can in his like in his in his uh crew. You know yeah. like he needs all of those songs. Sometimes I think openers don't realize that. They don't realize that you're like, "Yo, this is an old song like he don't need it." Yeah, he needs it. Right. He needs that old song because that old song still pops, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know so like but where's where's the we don't want to blame the opener. So if we're headliner, we're walking in and someone's burning us, wh- what do we do? Like what are some of the shits you do? Like one of the things I do is I'll just get on early. Yeah. And I think I've adapted that from you. Is like someone that you were probably one of the first people I ever saw that would like not mind getting on 30 minutes early or an hour early just to set your own tone. So I've adapted that. And then sometimes, depending on the age group of the crowd or the dynamic of the crowd, I can even hit them with some old school shit early. Like maybe do like a, a MJ set That's or cool. like a old, something older that they can relate to and just kind of like smooth it out and then revisit the new shit later. And it kind of works. Sometimes it, it doesn't work, but nine times, out of, nine times out of 10, I want to give them a gap between them hearing that new shit that I just got burned on yeah. And then come back to it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I can do like some MJ or some Prince mm-hmm. or some '80s cool shit or some '90s cool shit and get away with it with a certain crowd and then revisit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like I think that's important mm-hmm. to get on early. I think honestly, some of these headliners, the nightclubs, they're scheduling these dudes too late. Yeah. Like way too late. I agree. Was like twelve thirty, right? No, nah, it's like one a.m. Sometimes. Oh, sometimes it should be like twelve fifteen. I honestly think, I think if I think honestly a headliner should 
show up half an hour early and possibly get on half an hour early just to like feel things out mm-hmm. unless they have like a set plan you know what i mean yeah but yeah. i always think it's good to get there early and just to like feel it out yo because that's how i feel and then from an opener's point of view right i mean yeah from an opener's point of view my job is to like just keep it keep it popping without being disrespectful yeah but i've heard arguments i've had arguments with with other djs like an opener shouldn't be on the mic yeah or an opener shouldn't get cryo yeah or an opener shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that i honestly think i don't i don't mind an opener on the mic Mm -hmm. i don't mind if it's coming from like management like they're like yo can you do this birthday shout out can you do this but but it's mostly management they want the crowd hyped already so they would tell the, the opener hey get on the mic get the crowd going right so I don't mind it. Like, if I open it on a mic while I'm out doing this thing, I I'm think cool yes. with that. Because I've, I've opened for years for a, a lot of you guys in this room and other DJs that I've had to, like, work my way up in rank. So I feel like there's a level of humility humility that you have to have as an opener. Like, there's been nights where I've had a bad opening set, and I'll be like, yo, I, I, I can't figure this shit out. Do y'all want to get on? Because mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. Like, and I feel bad for setting you up wrong. When I can't figure it out that night, and I'll be like, I'll swallow my pride and be, tell the headliner to get on if it's, if they cool with it. Yeah. And sometimes they're not even cool with it. They're like, Nah, nah, I'll wait. <laughs> that's I'll, I'll that's wait. crazy, really. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking crazy. So wrong. Though there was a time when I was opening and the um, headliner didn't get on till one o'clock, yeah. and the room was packed, and I was like, I wasn't running out of records, but I was like, Damn, I gotta play a banger. Right. And I actually, I did play a banger, one banger. What was it? Um, at the time, it was Viana work. That's not okay. bad. <laughs> That's not bad. No, it was big at the time, and it, and I apologized to the headline. I'm like, yo, I'm really sorry. I wasn't burning you or nothing. I just needed to play that one hit record to get the crowd going and keep them going until you got on. Right. And he was like, yo, I understand. No problem. Like I had no problem with if I open up. I think that's crazy that you even apologized. I don't think I've ever had an open <laughs> apologize. No, nah, I felt bad because I don't want to burn them and shit. <laughs> yeah. But it was like it was actually after one o'clock. And it was like, fuck, man, I can't keep playing old shit. Damn, that's late. That's what I'm saying. It's that's like mad at, late. At Dude. that point, they should be like, like, why are they not on? Yo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> check this out. <laughs> at, I think in Live in Miami, uh-huh. the opener goes to 1.30. What? Yeah. Like, you get, but, like... 1.30. Uh, but I feel like Live goes on until, like, 5 in the morning. Yeah, no, but... Live goes to the next day, yo. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I, I couldn't even imagine... Honestly, man, like, I, I'm not saying, like... I'm the best opener in the world or whatever like that. It's hard work, man. If I had yeah. to open till 1.30 a.m., that would take opens, practice, man. The club opens at 10 o'clock? Dude, that's that would three take, and that's and half takes hours. practice. I don't think it opens at 10. It probably opens at 11. Okay. But still, I mean. That's a lot of work. That's, that's, yeah. that's two and a half hours. That's a that's a headlining slot in a, in a sense. It is headlining. Yeah. Kind of. It's an L.A. headlining yeah, slot. Yeah, in L.A., in L.A., <laughs> 1.30 is later hour. Yeah. So 12.15 is a headlining set. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about? I'm saying like, never. You don't like motherfuckers on the mic before they open, or you don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, what about the cry on shit? That's different. I feel like they should hold that for the headliner. The cryo right. and that's, like confetti yeah, and shit. That's the uh, right. that's the air that comes and out. Then, that. And then when you're on the mic, I don't mind be like, yo, we just getting started right here. Um, give it shout outs, all that stuff. I don't mind. See, I don't mind the mic. Yeah, Las Vegas, where you at? Dude? Yeah, I think the, the confetti and all that—that's too much. Yeah, that's you like, gotta, I, like we were. We discussed before, like with the weekend concert. I think Gucci Mane opened right, but yeah. he only he could only walk a certain bit of the stage. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He like, couldn't he, pass a certain like he point. He couldn't pass a certain point. The big uh -huh. theatrics in the stage was was for the for headliner. The weekend, mm -hmm. and that's how it should be. No different yeah, for us, definitely. right? Like, I agree. and I expect that. You, I mean, even turn the music louder for mm -hmm. the headliner. You yeah. know what I'm saying? What do y'all think about uh, <laughs> like head? What do you think about openers doing their own intro? I think that's too much shit. Who you? Who's gonna look at your intro? The fucking bartenders and shit. There's yeah, nobody I, in the uh, club. I, I had really Are you going to stop like the that. music midway through and then do an intro? No, nah, you're wilding. I honestly think, even as a headliner, I don't believe in intros. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. as me as a headliner, mm -hmm. I don't even think I, I need a fucking intro. I don't think I've seen yeah. you do an intro. I don't like to do intros. They force... Well. Not nah, like sometimes the nightclubs force the, uh, the headliners to do an intro. Well. I remember, uh, yeah, like years ago at this, at this Las Vegas club, like they literally controlled everything you did. Like you had to do an intro, you had to play all the top five songs in the like in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Like and they That's had wild. it's because they had this huge like theatrical like they had fucking circus soleil motherfuckers coming out confetti and all. Oh that yeah, shit. yeah, I seen that before. So they yeah. they were just like, yo, like you have to go in and hit them hard. I mean, Darren, there's some clubs that we work at still. Where we have to play house music the first five minutes or ten minutes, yeah, just just for the confetti and shit for, for the, the theatrics, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think when a when an opener is doing the intro, his head is already in the wrong place. Yeah, he's and not that sounds he he's <laughs> he not like a headliner. No, nah, he's not giving a fuck about the room. Mm -mm. He's not giving a fuck about the club. He's not giving a fuck about nothing but himself. That's what I think. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm intro, saying. An intro for an opener. I don't even know what to right. equate that to, but it's just like you really feeling yourself and you're not, there's no kind of like, you're not, you don't have no kind of code about yourself if you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Like there's a DJ code and that yeah. code is to warm up the room as an opener so the main dude can come in and just smash it. Yeah. So you're well, doing a, you're doing a, a intro, you're saying like, I'm about to smash it. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> yo, I, I like, think, fuck the headliner. I'm <laughs> yeah. taking over yo, shit. Yo, <laughs> uh, opener's got to set up the pick and roll is what he has to do. Yeah. I mean, and when and you bring it's got to be a team, bro. And when you bring yeah. in the intro, you're like hitting the ball off the backboard and slam dunking it yourself. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. no, you wilding. Like, you're not the star. Yeah. Just warm up the crowd. Just do your job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think in the end, it's all got to be a teamwork and it's got to be like communication, man. Yeah. Because even mm -hmm. the lighting dudes, man, like, I don't think there's a nightclub that I've worked at where I wasn't cool with the lighting guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have that communication. They got to know your style and right. shit. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. an opener, like, an opener knows your style. Yeah. They know you see, they, they know you play certain, uh, they know you play certain songs. Mm -hmm. They're not going to touch those songs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. I also have a question. Do you think the nightclub needs to bring more music directors in on board? Because I don't see that that structure. But I think a music director will will kind of like make the the club a little bit better. Why? Because he knows what he needs to be playing. Uh, the lack of a music director in a nightclub is kind of like the lack of an A and R in in hip hop music right now. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like a, he's like the coach. Like, yo, listen, you're going to do this you, and you're going to do that. He you accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I, maybe that's what's missing because I don't see – I used to see mad music directors like a long time ago with Darren. Now I don't – like, yeah. you so can't even – like yeah. Vegas. I don't even know if it's just Vegas or if it's just a, a, a nationwide thing. I don't think LA has any music directors yeah. anywhere. Like, it's almost a position that's become obsolete. Yeah, but I will I, say, not to cut you off, ahead, I will say like – the best headliners that I've witnessed have all at some point been openers or have some kind of a yeah. background of knowing how to open. And you and it shows in their knowledge of music. And that's, to me, what makes you great. 
you have to I mean? be able to like to rock a whole six hour night if you have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how. That's I mean, when you did your house, when I when I do house parties, I was the opener, the headliner, and the closer. Like I didn't have nobody else, so you kind of need to know how to fill all those roles out. I mean, I, when I started DJing in New York, <clears throat> there was no such thing as an opener, or closer. We had to do the whole night by ourselves from yeah. ten to four or after four o'clock. And it this, was just you, us. And you're just speaking all vinyl at this point. Yeah. Damn. Yo, I'm telling you the best training you could ever have is like DJing in Vegas, New York, or Miami. Any any spot that closes at 4 a.m. Because to be honest, like, I think Cali, with y'all closing at 2 a.m., I don't know, like, if y'all get that training yeah. to do, like, no. these like these marathon sets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Unless you're doing house parties, I don't think you you do that at all. Yeah, it's a different it's a different mindset. Yeah, it's like you literally gotta hit them for like an hour, an hour and a half. If and that, forty five, forty five minutes, but then you like some motherfuckers get tapped out. Yeah, I remember I done house parties from eight p.m. to five a.m. and shit is hard. But pause, but um, <laughs> shit. yeah, you have to just know your roles. You kind of yeah. need to know where you at. Yeah, but. And then go listen to openers, man. Go listen. There's some great openers out there that not necessarily are considered openers for that reason if it's a DJ, but there's some dudes that do that job great. Like uh, Darren does a good job. I seen um, who else? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of dudes. There's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. I think that's the key thing too. Is like it's always good to go out and listen to other DJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've I've learned more from like quote unquote horrible DJs. Than I have from like mediocre DJs. The last thing I want to do when I go out is listen to a motherfucker who's playing the same fucking shit that everyone else is playing. Right. I'd rather hear that dude who's taking chances Mm -hmm. and maybe like pissing people off. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But then like, yo, like honestly, when I go out and I hear bad DJ, he might he might play one song that I never play. Yeah. And from that one song, I can create another five minute to ten minute set from that one song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah. that one song creates like a whole new set for me. Right. And I'm like, holy shit! With that one song, I can build like a and 15 that, minute set. That mediocre DJ would have would have been too afraid to take that chance. Nah, because yeah. they playing all the same shit. Right. So like, on you know, like a DJ once told me in New York, if you're not pissing off like a couple people in the club, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Because like you gotta like. You got to, like, kind of just take risks and, and throw it out there. Not everyone's going to be happy with it, but, yo, just take yeah. a chance because there are some people listening to that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just hope there's somebody out there listening that's going to take what we're saying real and understand. It's not even that serious, <laughs> to be honest. I like, feel like it, I mean. We, it is serious and real shit. Not. It's we frustrating. real man. shit, man. It's okay. frustrating for both sides, but if there's a communication, like if yeah. an opener says, like, yo, I don't have music or, like, yo, I don't know this or that, yeah. it should be an open communication. It shouldn't be, like, yo, fuck the headliner or fuck the opener. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's no there's no real, like, when was the last time you read something that's, that has to do with an opener that kind of gave you a hint on how to be an opener? All you've seen is these guys that are, like, great at headlining and fucking do air synthesis, shit like that and whatever. But like, what, what was that last thing you said? Air synth, air synths, air synths. Yeah, yeah. that shit. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, what is uh, that? The hand signals. Wait, yeah, yeah, I want. I don't want him to keep trying until he can get the word right. What, what are you no, trying not, to say? I'm not doing that. We we have not. We don't have that much time. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is gonna be helpful for somebody because there's you gotta start from the bottom. And uh, hey yo, you can, <laughs> man. What's up with these? Yo, yeah. 
All right, on, moving on. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh man. All right. What's the next uh, topic out here? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of old, but I kind of wanted to talk about it. It's the camera on and makes beef. It's it's kind of ninety seven old. It's still relevant though. <laughs> it's still relevant. Yeah. Uh, well, I, me and <laughs> me and Neville were talking about it, like the the actual roots of this shit, because I don't know if motherfuckers know the roots of this shit. I don't. I don't man. think so either. Man. I mean, let's talk the, about the triple OG, because the triple OG are are NY yeah. hip hop correspondents. Triple OG, go ahead. Take well, you know, like Mesa Cam, they used to be cool. They grew up in Harlem together. Mm-hmm. They started a group, um, Children of the Corn, with oh, Big yeah, L. Yeah, that's right. This, this was like before Mace got signed to Bad Boy. Uh huh. Then Mace blew up. Well, you can even talk how they um. How they play ball together. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. High school. And Cam- high school Cameron was like the superstar ball player. Yeah. And then Mace was like good, but he wasn't that good. He wasn't as shit. good. Yeah. No. yeah. But Cameron was like, yo. That like um, like Cam had scouts checking him out. They wanted to like, want him to play college ball. Wow. I think I remember seeing it on his documentary. Yeah. From like maybe like 07. Uh-huh. And they was in the state championship. I think they lost, but like Cam was nice. Yeah. He, he had game. He did. So um, afterwards, Mace got signed to Bad Boy. Cam was still looking for a deal. Then eventually, he got signed. Um, under what was it? Unvivaris. Undies. Undies. Wasn't it Undertainment or some shit? Undertainment. Undertainment. Right. Undertainment. Yeah. So um, Cam came out with like three, five, seven. Uh, What's that one? Horse and carriage. Horse and carriage. carriage. But he also had that street hit. The the. The, the pull the, it, but um, DMX pull it. That was the B side to three five seven. Yeah, that was huge. That. Oh man. Oh, I, I think it was that. maybe a New York bootleg, or was oh, like right. the New you York know, it press. Was, no, I actually got the promo. It was the B side to three five seven. Yeah, that was the official but New they, York press. They yeah. couldn't release it because of the sample, so oh. that never came out. As a but that yo, press. that song with DMX, uh, pull it was so fucking. It was oh, like man. fucking monstrous in fucking New York. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it was like before Edge came out with his album. Yeah. So it was like Cam and Edge. This is like their first, like the first year they first came out on vinyl. So um, the, back to Mace and Cam. Um, Cam was shooting a video for Horse and Carriage, and Mace did the hook on the song. So when it's time to shoot the video, Mace like charge try to charge him like what forty thousand yeah, to, to appear in the video, mm-hmm. and Cam was like, "Yo, you out of your mind? Why would I gonna pay you? You like one of the boys and shit." That's like if I had a fucking. A video and I asked you guys, yo, can you be in my video? Forty G's. Yo, motherfuckers charge me forty thousand. I'd be like, yo, fuck all of y'all. See, I, <laughs> see, I, the version I heard was that, yeah, like Cameron saw the forty thousand dollars. Like, yo, why are you charging? Why are you charging me forty thousand dollars to be in my video? Right. And Mace mm-hmm. was like, yo, that's standard. Uh huh. And Mace was in the three five seven video, mm-hmm. three fifty seven video, which was his first single. And he's like, yo, I charged you 40000 for the last video. Right. And he was like, what? And he's like, yo, man, Puff used to charge me to be in my video. It's like, it's regular shit out here. That's yeah. how the music mm-hmm. industry is. Right. And I heard Cameron was like, yo, I'm not fucking with that. Like, I don't, like, that's that's not how we work. Like, we fucking boys. Right. Yo, mm-hmm. on, a, on a side note, did you know that Jadakiss wrote Mace's parts? And some of Cameron's shit in Horse and Carriage? I, found, I didn't know that. I found out later on. Jadakiss wrote some of that shit. Really? This is what I kind of wanted but, to talk about. But his also, did yeah. you know Cameron wrote um, Crush on You by Lil' Kim? He wrote who, who's really? part? The whole Lil thing? Lil' Kim, yeah. He, he, hey, yo, Cameron Shorty, wrote- won't you go get a bag, go to lethal, that shit? Yeah. This wow. is what I wanted to talk about. Right. The whole Cameron and May shit. Because, I, well, keep going with the story on the beef- 
But yo, there was a lot of ghost writing going on back then, yo. Yeah. Like I I, I almost broke big uh Never's heart. <laughs> I broke oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, you I, said that shit. I told him like a couple months ago that like I heard that um Mace wrote a lot of Biggie's lyrics, Biggie's uh verses on Mo Money Mo Problems and shit. Yeah. He wrote like some of that shit. Yeah. I was devastated. I, yeah, yo, never this, listen, is, man. this is what I heard. This is <laughs> speculation. Yo, the, the crazy thing is you said that, that you heard it, and then he came out and did an interview not long ago. Yeah. And he kind of confirmed, not and really, then, but he kind of alluded that he probably did. And but, then after all that, I did some research, and I I found out back in the days when Biggie and them was signing people to the bad boy and his label. Yeah. They would be like, yo, um, I'll tell you what, why don't you do a rhyme for me? If the rhyme is dope. I will put it, I'll put it out on my album. And that's like um, the first thing Mace did for Biggie was 112 Only You. Uh huh. Because uh, Mace wrote that for Biggie. Biggie didn't write that. Okay. Really? The Jesus, yeah. the notorious, just Jesus okay. with the lyrical thesis. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't feel too upset because I feel like it was like Biggie's like trying to give a dude a shot. Right. It's like, yo, if you dope, I would personally rap your shit and put yeah. you on. Right. And that's what Biggie did. And Mace did. ended up having a verse. On the song, exactly. Too, so yeah, I think yeah. he had a better version than Biggie on that one, and that's just me. Yeah, but even Biggie's flow on "Mo Money, Mo Problems," it was nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, was, nah, but that, that was, was Mace though. It had a Mace flow to that. Yeah. It had a Mace flow. Yeah, to it, it did. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I thought he probably yeah. just heard Mace do the recording first, and then he kind of took the flow. I'm telling you, that shit was a double album, bro. That shit yeah. was a double album. Yeah. Do you think he wrote like? Do you think he wrote all of those songs? Well, it took him two years to complete that album. Yeah, but I think like the locks were part of that shit. Yeah, I think Jada Kiss wrote some of that. Mm-hmm. I think Styles wrote some of Life After Death. Yeah, I think he, yeah. yo, I think that was like, I want to look at the writing credits because motherfuckers get mad at Drake and all these motherfuckers. Yo, you gotta look at like how many ghost writing uh, and how much. Well, Doctor Dre, there. I mean, arguably, two thousand one Chronic was a great album, but he didn't write none of that shit supposedly. But, but Dre's not a rapper; he's a producer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I can understand that. But that album was great, though. And they put uh, uh, Dr. J on such a high pedestal. And then it kind of killed me. Not really that I found out Jay-Z wrote that shit later on in life. Because that's one of the hardest records I've I feel like it killed you because it was from an East Coast rapper. No, no. Because I was a big (laughs) Jay-Z fan. I was a Jay-Z fan. It killed me because that fucking song, when I first heard it on Training Day, and and, and from then on, that song just has something. What song are you talking about? Steel Dre. Didn't we talk about this yeah, already? We did. No, yeah, I'm gonna but tell you what. Why you keep bringing up old shit? No, because we're talking He's about ghostwriting. We're talking <laughs> about ghostwriting. But you know what? That never bothered me because it was like with NWA. Like I knew, I knew Cube wrote pretty much Cube and DOC. Yeah, was the writers and Ren too, and Ren and Easy was like the voice and Dre was pr- the production. Like so, yeah. they had everyone had a lane. So mm-hmm. I know, like on like Express Yourself, that was Cube writing Dre's shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just didn't really bother me and so maybe mm-hmm. i'm thinking like well it didn't bother you because they were crew right like so you, i'm looking at and, you know and, they, and they let it be Biggie known and, and junior mafia and all them they were crew but that's what i'm saying like Mace. whole bad boy like uh-huh. ba- probably everyone was in the studio they probably had chicks there they were like passing the blunt yeah. they drinking 40s they drinking champagne and then like biggie's working on a verse and then like two of the other motherfuckers are just riding to that to that beat and maybe like one of them comes up with some fucking crazy heat yeah and they know it's not their song. They just give it to them because they're just like, yo, we all crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like just coming out for checking would be all right. Yeah, it's not, and even not the, not but, even that. I think it's just like yo, like fuck it, like yo, that shit sounds good. Let's do it. Like you're the, you're the star. Everyone knows you, and we all, we like, we all homies. You're gonna look out in the end. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, so, so you think Biggie got less hungry, hungrier towards the end of his career? I think it was a machine. I think Biggie was the machine. They knew that he was the front runner, and everyone was like, yo, we gotta make sure this shit keeps going. Mm-hmm. Because if he don't get make money, we don't make money, and when the time is right, he gonna put, put us on. on. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, he's gonna cut us a check. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think I, the mentality now though, shit don't work like that no more. Because honestly, one of those dudes would have gone on Instagram like, "Yo, man, you know I wrote all this shit for Biggie." Right. Yeah. Like y'all don't give me no props. Like you know I wrote all of this shit. Well, that's what mm-hmm. Mace kind of did when he was on the Angie Martinez interview. He kind of said, "Yo, uh, all the awards went to Puff, but I did the like the hard work of it." Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like I don't know. It would have it would have been the same shit. He just spoke too late but, on. But it. everybody knew that about Mace already though. Because once again, Puffy, Puffy's not a rapper. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he needed a team. That's why he had the hit. What was the Hitman? The Hitman that was his yeah. production company. Yeah, yeah. and then both they did all the writing and producing. It's just funny so, how it's coming out twenty years later. Okay, I now I have a question for for Never. How do you feel? What do you um? You being a big Biggie fan, what does this do to you? That if if he didn't write his rhymes at the end, I mean, it now, kinda, how does that affect it? It kind of, I, I kind of hurt a little bit because I'm like, like you said, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Biggie fan, and yeah. I know that this guy didn't write like all his songs. All his songs, just like, oh shit, damn. Like, what up. do you rank Biggie? Was that? What do you rank Biggie? Give me, give me a rank. All right, number two. Number oh, who's number one? Number two, really? Jay Z. Okay, Hovis. Hover had a long only, career. The only reason I say that Hover yeah, had a long career. Exactly. That's why Biggie was only around for. Okay, two so years. now that, that you know that Biggie may or may not wrote his shit, mm-hmm. what, what does he get knocked down well, to? Let's get this clear. Four? Let's N- get this not clear. Not at all. No. Wait. Let's get this clear. Biggie what? did write his shit. No, Biggie. I'm saying yeah, but no. all this allegations. It's not allegations. It's just like motherfuckers in the studio and someone came up with a hook. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's so, just like you know. So he didn't. You saying he wrote all his because I think he wrote all the shit. Yo, bust this. He like, wrote all the Junior Mafia. It's not like Biggie wasn't a writer. I think yeah. everyone wrote for each other. I think it was just like exactly. on some homie shit. Like yo, it's your time to shine. Maybe an idea was passed around. Nah, you you see like you don't get it like in the studio. Like if we all homies and it's your time to shine, and I I make a hook, I'm gonna give you that hook. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Like it's kind of like, yo, you looked out for me. I'm going to look out for yeah, you. Exactly. Now it's your time to yeah. shine. Like, yo, that, that song was hot. Fuck, yo, let's do this. Yo, matter of fact, let's put on, let's put Little Kim on. Yeah. yeah. And let's put on that. And then she maybe wrote something. And I'm like, yo, man, let's change the, the beginning. Yo, let's get a better intro for that beginning. So we all write. And then yeah. someone comes up with the better intro. And then we use that. Because Biggie, to me, is number two as well. But to me, you know, everybody can say shit. Like, oh, he didn't write his right, shit. Who's number one? Pac. <laughs> So speaking of Pac, think that's about some, it. That's some West Coast shit. Think about man. it in the yeah, sense of know, like with yeah. Pac, like with Death Row. That's like, some West Coast shit. Daz, Daz produced a lot of shit for Pac. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. may not get the credit, right? But he he like like he wrote he wrote the hook for Ambitions as a writer. Like yeah. I won't deny it. That shit. Imagine Daz being on it. It probably wouldn't have hit. It probably wouldn't. So it, it just wasn't his but time. Me, he gave it to Pac. I'm and not Pac gonna made hear that the, shit a record. Right? I'm not gonna hear these ghostwriting allegations because to me, Biggie wrote all his shit. Pac wrote all his shit, and that's it. That's how I see it. But all these, like, you know, Maze now saying, I I did Money More Problems. That was my song. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, nah, you can't. Unless there's proof of you fucking, like, bringing this shit in or an OG, like, kind of certifying I mean, it, then yeah. Yo, I believe it. I believe it, though. Nah, I don't know. I think writing it is, is 
is half the battle. Yeah. And I think the execution Delivering and yes. how it's delivered is really important. Like, yeah. yo, mm-hmm. you've seen, you've heard those, those like reference tracks that was with Drake for um, uh, 10 bands. Yeah. You heard, what's that dude that supposedly everyone says wrote that shit that uh, did the reference um, track? You know what I'm talking about, right? Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. Yo, when you compare the dude who did the reference track and you hear Drake's version, yo, Drake sounds like 20,000 times better <laughs> than that dude. Yeah. Like, of course, that motherfucker is going to perform that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The mm-hmm. other dude sounded like dead. Like, there's a reason you wrote like, it. Like, band. His, his, Fit the band. His name is Quentin Miller. Yeah, he wasn't... Yo, he came up with a dope hook, or I don't know what the fuck he even came up with. Because I remember in the beginning of his reference track, he was like, all right, let's give this a try. So maybe he was just, like, changing, like, the tones on certain words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Drake could have still have written that whole shit. Yeah. But he was just changing some of, like, the cadences and, like, the tones and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, motherfuckers flipping out over ghostwriting and all that shit. I don't, I don't really, I don't uh, buy into that. What, what, what is it? I want to hear numbers. Wanna, where did that term come from, ghostwriting? Has that been around? Yeah. Because it's like R&B singers and pop singers that have writers, they have a team of writers that write their albums. No, no. It started with like I remember back in the day with like Mad Skills. Yeah, remember that? I do. Yeah, he was at an interview and he was saying he goes. Oh yeah, Mad Skills. Yeah, yeah, Mad yeah, Skills. Yeah, yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. Yo, at Skills VA. If those who don't Twitter. know, Mad Skills was from uh, VA, right? Virginia. Mean but guy. He he can fuck. He was one of the illest like he lyricists out there. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the illest freestylers and R and B writers mm-hmm. too. And. He was actually known for doing his, uh, his yearly yeah, rap. He still do it. He still does it. Yeah, in rap. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the he still does it. He still yeah, does yeah, it. He yeah. didn't do it last year, and <laughs> I think he's doing a movie or some shit. He's doing some TV shit that he's not gonna do on this year, which is sad. Yo, that know. ghost that ghost writing shit. I heard about it from him, and I was like, oh shit! Like, oh yeah, yeah. He be ghostwriting like motherfuckers ghostwrite for each other. He and did. I think it started in my head for me. It started kind of there. My first when I when somebody. Um, when there was like ghostwriting allegations was puffy when he said don't worry about if i write rhymes i write checks yeah but once again you know he's not a rapper that since then i was like okay somebody wrote his shit in my interpretation of where it became like a thing to be like talked about if you had a ghostwriter is like i feel like as a rapper you're supposed to be able to freestyle that's the essence of of rapping right so if you got someone writing your shit it's like that's not really you whereas r&b it's like you can have a hit record you're not you're not really singing I off the top of your you. dome. It's like rapping is the essence at the essence of rapping is mm-hmm. freestyling. And so like it's almost like you're a less of a rapper if you can't freestyle, which means you can't write. And people ran with that. You know what I'm saying? But in Puffy's case and Dr. Dre's case is like in Pharrell's case, it's like you guys are producers. I ain't mad at you for having writers. Yeah. That's like yeah. smart, yeah. okay? We know you're not a I think you're not I, to be in, not about to be in no hip hop battles anytime I, I soon. I think yeah. Pharrell can rap though. Yeah, I, think he, I think he can write too. Yeah, I think but I mean, as far as an album, this yeah. new generation though, this new generation, when they think of like ghostwriting, immediately they reference Drake. Drake is their reference <laughs> to ghostwriting, right? <laughs> yeah. Because anytime is. some young motherfucker talks about ghostwriting, they bring up Drake. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. understand that like there are millions and thousands of songs out there that are quote unquote ghostwritten. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, with the freestyle shit, I don't really give a fuck if a rapper can freestyle or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As long as their music is good, that's cool. But don't come out here and act like you a rapper or you got like, like lyrical ass shit that you that you pushing. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you can't spit like that, don't talk. Don't 
have like a chip on his shoulder that like you could spit like that. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it like hurt you though if huh? you found out that someone that you was really like that you grew up listening to? You don't know, like Rich Homie Kwan, right? Yeah. Do I need to hear a freestyle from Rich Homie no, Kwan? No, no. no. So like <laughs> he don't need to go in the booth and try to freestyle, man. Right, right. But someone young, that portrays young it, thug. I don't need to hear, no. hear freestyle Hell from no. him either. No. Do I need to hear freestyle from uh, or Little Uzi? I mean, I don't need to hear a freestyle well, from any of those from dudes. Lil Uzi, Lil Yaki. Yadi. Yadi. I don't say Yaki. I don't know. Yadi. Because it looks like Yaki when you write it down. I'm but saying it's like, like for someone that you expect to hear a freestyle from, if you were to find out that they had like mad ghostwriters, would it, would it lessen their credibility? I mean, like, what do you what do you mean ghostwriters? I just think motherfuckers are a crew and they help to make like yeah. a dope song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like Drake is alone in the studio no, right. with a producer with one engineer. He's a multi million dollar business. Yeah. Of course he's of course his managers and the producers are gonna put all the people in there to win. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You think like Cardi B is alone in the fucking studio? Absolutely not. Nah, she's got a team and her people's there ready to work like yo. We are ready to make a fucking W right now. We gotta, we gotta make some chart shit. Yeah. So like, how do you do that alone? No. I say the only motherfucker that does that is J Cole. Yeah. Just clap it up for a real motherfucker. I think he's building. the only motherfucker that's in there, and he's doing it like straight up. And I think Kendrick Lamar is there alone. Yeah. Maybe Kendrick have some help he from Schoolboy school Q or something. Like they, I, his camp is in there, I'm but he's still the, writing his own. I'm shit. probably the first one to say this. I think Schoolboy Q is better than Kendrick, in my opinion. Oh shit! I don't. I like his music more than Kendrick's. I'm just really? saying. Yeah, mm. I think it's. Way I just better. think on a street level, there's something about Schoolboy Q. A mean. ghostwriter that just sounds bad. Nah, I agree with you. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> if someone, something about being this, having being able to say that oh that motherfucker had a ghostwriter. On a street level, it just makes you look like not a, not as yeah. not as genuine if or something. T- if tomorrow, like someone comes out and says, "Yo, I wrote J Cole shit," I'll be hurt. You probably won't hear from me for a minute because I'm like I'm such a big J Cole fan. You know what? That, that would that would hurt me too, man. Yeah, because yeah. I I really see him as like a super genuine dude. He's a lyrical fucking genius, and man. like his shit, he's just one of those dudes to me that like lyrically, I think he's better than Kendrick. Yeah. Me too. I think he's like lyrically. Ooh. No, right now. Yeah. I think he's better than Kendrick. If if Kendrick I, the only and thing Jacob- I say about Kendrick is dope is his delivery. Yeah. yeah. Kendrick has a really dope uh b- like delivery the, and style. The yeah. way he manipulates his voice is crazy. It's dope. I just feel like with with J Cole, the things that he says is so specific to him. I don't see him having a ghostwriter because it's just like too personal. Nah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit he's rapping about is something that. The average motherfucker just couldn't be like, okay, go ahead and, and just read what I wrote. You know what I mean? Like he's everything is specific to his life and like his experiences. And if J Cole and Kendrick go at it, J Cole put him in a box easy. Damn, that's saying easy. a lot, man. Easy. I don't know about that. Easy. And the easy? No easy. competition. No competition. Wow. Oh. J Cole is mean, bro. <laughs> I agree, but easy. He's disgusting, B. Pause. Oh, this hurts, man. He. If you go this back hurts. and listen to heartache. The second verse and the way he just kills that fucking verse, and he's kind of like if he would diss somebody with that same energy, it's a wrap. Kendrick will have no no. I'm just saying, man. Section eighty was dope. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. But what was that one shit he did where he killed everybody That's off? What I'm saying the uh, that control. Control. I mean, they yeah. came with the same amount of energy. I'm telling you, it'll be an explosion. But I think Cole I will just, get him. I, maybe Cole will, but I don't think it will be easy. It wouldn't just be a walk in the park for him. 
Because Cole's camp is so tight, there's no secrets coming out of there. So tight. That's Pause. Cool. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I don't know either one of them history like that, but I'm just saying I don't think it would be easy. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't just stomp on, on Kendrick like it was nothing. I think so. Hell no. Jamie, Jamie looked like he's eating that <laughs> omelet right now. Why are you getting so amped up? Because I love J. Cole. J. Cole's like one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. Jamie, I would, Jamie eating an omelet or he's getting his ass eaten right now. Slice of banana. <laughs> Chopped up. Nah, what, one of the first times I went out with Darren, he took me to see uh, J. Cole at, uh, what club was it? Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. And he signed my $5 bill, and I carried that $5 bill for like six years on my wallet. Until you got hungry? <laughs> no, I almost gave it up one time, though. I'm not going to lie. I, I was hungry, and I have no cash. Damn. Uh, I, I think J. Cole is amazing. He just he but produces, just he writes, and he delivers. I great. can't sit here and say he would just wait. Walk I want to talk. I want to talk about what did you spend that five dollars on? I was about to buy a street hot dog, <laughs> 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 but but then um, uh, the homie came out the club. He's like, "Yo, I owe you a dub," and I said, "Yo, yeah, you do." And then he gave me a dub, and then I say, "So where's the that five dollar bill?" Right, it's now. in my house. <laughs> I have it framed because he signed my, my, my five dollars. I was looking for a dollar, but I only had five dollars that night. All right. moving, night. Wait, moving forward, we we got the cam and mace beef. We're going yeah, back, back to that. We I mean, still got the audio from that. Do we still have that up? What? Which one? The one where he was kind of like, con- yo, let's let's play this past yeah. the May shit. This shit is crazy. No, I mean, play some of it. Don't play the whole. And when God calls you for something. He'll never tell you to do something you're going to fail at. Yo, Cameron literally said this motherfucker did this to hustle. Y'all believe that shit? I don't. Like he did the pastor. You think he wanted to be a pastor? I think think, think so. I think think, no, no. I think he was kind of hustling motherfuckers. I think he had a turning point in his life. And this was his. Wait, this is the part. And how God speaks. Then they would even foolish proof their marriages. You can win your whole marriage back with this one statement right here. The devil is a liar. People spend so much time fighting each other, they don't spend no time fighting for each other. Say the devil is a liar. <laughs> now see the devil would tell he'll tell one person to go this direction. Never's getting into it. <laughs> Never's like, yeah, that was not a hustle. Never's like no, devil's put liar. Down, put it down. <laughs> I almost repeated it out loud. <laughs> but you know what? I don't think it was a. I think I he. Know, I think he. I like think he genuinely wanted to be a pastor. He I said, "If so. you're good at something, you gonna make money off." But of I bet it. you, after the speech, he was like, "All right, I'm bringing out the collection plate. I want everybody to put some money in." And then, yeah, yo, like I think he had a turning point in his life, and his way out was finding God. Yo, how much money do you think he was like for his booking info was to book Mace to come to the church? Well, he had his own church in Atlanta, right? I don't know. I think he had his own church. Did he? He had his own congregation. Well, how much was he charging? What was the door cover? Like, <laughs> I don't know how that works. It's ain't a club, motherfucker. It's just church. It was, it was donations. I mean? Everything's donations. Oh, okay. But I think if if Mace has a church, uh, it, you're going to get a lot more people going to that church. Right. And then if you have more people going to that church, you're going to get more in the collection plate. More donations. So you think he was yeah. sincere that he really wanted to become a pastor? I think he got scared. He got scared. Something happened in Harlem, right? Something happened, yeah. Because yeah. Cam was, or Jim Jones, I think Cam was talking about some dude, like, Mace fucked this dude, this dude's baby moms in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And the dude that he fucked with was like, that dude was like a straight up criminal. So, like, when he was doing the Harlem World shit, like, they were taking everybody's chain that was involved with Mace. 
Wow. So, so I th- think at a certain point, Mace was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, this ain't going to so happen. So because of all this, he gave up music and became a pastor. I don't know what happened. Because I, I remember he, when that album, when his second album dropped, he didn't promote it. The Harlem World album, the Harlem, right? No, yeah. no. After, was there a Harlem World album? Yeah. He, no, he had that crew, Harlem There was a group. No, after that, he had a solo album, the second album from Bad Boy. He had that song, I'm Ready. It, it sampled Charlemagne, Night to Remember. Oh, yes. Get it, ready. Yeah, that shit. Tonight. Yeah. And then yeah. He did, they just, yeah. That was it. They just dropped the album. No videos. <laughs> no videos. Nothing. It was just like, that was it. He disappeared. Damn, I forgot about that, that song. That song is dope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find I actually like that song. You know what's funny, though? I feel like there's something to it, though, because, I mean, not to talk bad about anyone, but... Look at the track record of some dudes that left Bad Boy. They all kind of turned to God. Really? Who else? Look at yeah. Craig, Craig Max, a preacher. Craig Max, a preacher. I know. Um, uh, the dude, the other uh, dude, uh, Black Rob. No, nah, not Black Rob. Um, you know he's like, P. He had a uh, record, Bad Boy. Loon? Nah, because um, Loon is in jail. Oh. He had to lead the joint with Brandon Lee. Shine. He's oh, like yeah, deep shine. into yeah. religion. Uh, yeah. He's deep into religion. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying they went through the same things, but I feel like they might have went through some things that and turned them G- in that direction. Yeah. G. Depp, like, he uh, locked up. Well, he confessed to a, a to, to a murder. murder. Yeah, he's, on a, the, he's locked up for life on the Bad Boy reunion. I think someone said like, you you, you fuck with Bad Boy, you either turn to religion or go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I believe foul. that. That's foul. It's like damn, that's harsh. But I mean, maybe he went through some shit, man. I don't think it was disingenuous, but he did say on Angie Martinez, it's, he's like, you do anything well, you're going to make money at it. I don't know. It's weird. Nobody left Bad Boy on good terms. Yeah, None sure. of those artists. And it was like big. Like yeah. Faith Evans. Um, 112. 112. Carl, Tot- Carl Thomas. Total. Total. Yeah. I don't know. Craig Mack. B5. <laughs> Why do you think that B5. is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't man. know, man. B5. Damn, huh? Shit. Day 26, Donnie Klang. Dream. Foxy they deserve Brown, not to leave on good terms. Janelle Monet, Danity Kane, Gorilla Zoe. Janelle Monet was on Bad Boy? Yeah, Young Jock and Old 8. Uh, oh, she was. What Sherry, are you Sherry, Sherry Dennis, remember her? Yeah. Wow, yeah, I forgot about that. I one. love that one song. Yeah, what was that I love one? You. <laughs> With Jim Jones on it? Yeah. Mario Winans. 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 What the fuck happened to him? Man. Uh, he was he was hitting the R and B charts for a minute, but yeah, but he he wrote all that I need a girl shit, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, damn, you're right. Mace, Craig Mack, Total, Total. Yeah, I said Total, yeah. yeah. Uh, G Dub, the band, A Bon, yeah. M J G, Bad Boy. Okay, South. okay, we get oh, it. New edition. Anyway, a lot of them didn't leave on good terms. New edition, yeah. I forgot about them. Something about know. Diddy, man. Bad I think Boy. Diddy's just a fucking monster, bro. Whoa, whoa, it's my uncle, bro. No, I think he's like in a good way though. I think no, he, like he might just be hard to work with, man. But then he might push you to the limit. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. I think he like fucking he pulls so much out of you. Yeah. And he he makes you give like 110% and he keeps going and you're just kind of like, "Yo, I need a break. Like I got nothing left. I got nothing he left." He doesn't stop working. I've been around him and it's non-stop work and it's crazy. I'm like, "What the fuck?" But um and most artists probably can't handle that shit. And he's he's a very <laughs> passionate guy. But that's the whole roster. Energy. Oh, you, you forgot to mention the locks. Yeah, yeah. It's, the locks, yeah. it's like a whole roster left. Yo, yeah. uh, Charlemagne said the other day, I'm going to bring this up. Charlemagne said that Mace is not even top five bad boy like oh, rapper. Oh, man. Top I five. Mean, I don't know about that. Do you count the locks as one unit? No, he counts locks as individuals. I don't know if that's fair because they didn't have any individual projects on bad boy. Yeah. They're individual. You they're know indi- why you can't say that? Because Mace took bad boy to like 
a fucking top forty TRL level. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, Biggie's number like one for beyond, sure. Yeah, but he went beyond even like like more money, more problems. Well, he did that one shit on Nickelodeon, right? You brought it up. Uh, then the Rugrats. Yeah. He Him and Blinky that. Blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but not. I mean, why are you bringing that shit up? Yeah, that <laughs> you, just said, you just said it took it to a different no, level. No, 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 but that's that's, that's not a good level. I'm saying well, like that's commercial as fuck. Dude, but that was like on some like VH1 MTV shit. What year was that? That was '97, right? Why are we even bringing that shit up though? Like, like we talking about epic bad boy shit? No, you just motherfucker about. bringing up the Rugrats, yo. <laughs> yo, '97 bad boy, you couldn't escape it. That's I think they sold like maybe 20 million. Records that yeah. year, and so that who who had solo albums that year? That's Mace album dropped, mm-hmm. Puff album dropped, the All in the Family, yeah, mm-hmm. the Locks dropped that year. Oh, it's No Way Out, No Way Out, No Way Out, yeah, yeah. the Locks dropped that year. Mm-hmm. They debuted album. Um, Lil Kim came out nineties in the ninety six. Uh, Lil Kim wasn't on Bad Boy. Oh, okay, that's right. She was oh. on Entertainment. Entertainment, okay. yeah. She was basically Bad Boy. I mean, like she Mary J. Them. Blige. So the Junior Mafia was, joint was uh, their their project was under Entertainment too. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that year, remember New York, 97? That shit was crazy. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. Yeah. Not, not even Death Row did shit numbers like that. Nah. In, the, in that one year. Yeah, because I mean, it was really Pac and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, even, I mean, honestly, even in LA, man, you couldn't escape more, oh, yeah. more, more problems. Mm-hmm. Been around the world, drugs. Really? Psh- Feel good. Shit I never knew that. Man. I mean, so, I'm talking like so in LA, they, everywhere. LA, they had love for Bad Boy. Yeah, regardless of the that, block that whole East Coast West Biggie Coast shit wasn't even really popping like that. Really? Nah, that shit was. It I was remember. popping, but it was like people still fucked with the music. Mm-hmm. Like you go to the clubs, not like I would, I would go to the like 18 and over clubs, sneak in or whatever. Yeah. You would still hear more money, more problems. You would still hear been around the world. Really? You would still hear oh. juicy, hypnotized. You would still hear yeah, all them yeah. records and no one was booing or throwing no shade. It was just a fun time. It was just good mm-hmm. music. I don't think people really looked into it that deep. Yo, that East Coast, West Coast shit, New York was really I like me and my boys, we were really not fucking with like Cali motherfuckers. Not yeah. like we yeah. like we weren't fucking with Cali music in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Only time niggas really fell away is when, when Hit Em Up came on. Niggas got juiced. Like, oh, But no, no, no. It wasn't even... <laughs> that, that shit was fucked up. But you know what was more fucked up? The the Dog Pound shit. New York, when, New York. Oh, yeah. But didn't Nori did, did the LA, LA? Yeah, but that I like, shit was I actually, I actually like Nori's LA, LA. That was a good record. I couldn't get past it. I just... I never gave it a chance. That shit was York, crazy. York was crazy. <laughs> when, I, when I heard that shit and I saw the video, I was like, yo, these dudes are crazy. They're fucking... Yeah. They don't give a fuck, yo. Yeah. When he was knocking down all the buildings, that shit's wild. Yo, that's some that's some that's crazy some dis- shit. That's disrespectful shit. Yeah. You come that's to your crib and just knock wild. shit down. That's like wild disrespectful, <laughs> yo. That nah, was, like to shit on a whole city like that? Yeah. I'm surprised motherfuckers the, the forgave Snoop, man. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Snoop yeah. was kind of like but they, really got a but pass, even, But he? even after all that, they still gave Snoop love. New York gave him love. How, well, did, that, how did Snoop get a pass? I don't know. He was cool with Biggie and and Puff. That's why him and uh, Pac kind of fell off a few days before he died. What do you mean? Didn't that shit come out when Pac died? No, that shit was was before. That shit shit came out out when Pac was locked up. That shit came out 94 on the the Dog Pound album. So, yeah. yeah, So, I think Biggie and uh, Puff kind of gave him the the pass. But that's when, you know, when that's when, like, New York rappers were sticking together. Like, y'all were rocking with each other. Like, y'all wouldn't let no surface come through that, that, that New York, like, you know, state line of well, New York was still like on top though. Yeah. Like I mean that was like you Nas was emerging. 
That Nas, was that 98? Like, Mob Deep was popping. Yeah. Jay-Z was mm-hmm. barely going to drop volume two and that shit was about to pop. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, shit. I don't know what happened to New York hip hop, yo. Man, what are you talking about? We're coming back right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad because I'm a big ASAP. It's that Ma fan. My man. I lo- I love those guys. Those guys are good. This, good man, guys. this man this man just looked down at the ground and said, I don't know what happened to uh, New York yeah, hip hop. No. <laughs> well f- what happened was fifty cent came through. No, I understand and what, what said, happened. Though. Tell you, me what happened. Who the fuck are you yelling at right now? Tell me what happened. <laughs> Tell me what happened, Cricket. What happened when fifty cent emerged? Fifty cent fifty well, I think he just kind of fucked up the whole New York vibe a little bit. He did a lot. No, a lot, bro. He did fuck it up a lot. He got everyone. There was like no everyone was everyone was running out of New York. Everyone moved yeah. to like another city. And while this was going on in New York, the Midwest took over hip hop. I think the Midwest, the Midwest, South. the Dirty South, the, the South dirty Midwest in, yeah. and Dirty South, both. That's when Little John was just dropping records. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm, we talking about what? 2002? 2002, two thousand two, two thousand two, two thousand three, four. I think yeah. it, I think it got bad when like G Unit came out, right? After mm, that, yeah, that was like oh, that I was like the beginning of the end. You know what I think it was when uh, when Ja Rule. Actually, you know what? It's crazy because that one record where Ja Rule, Jada Kiss, and Fat Joe got together did the New York record. Yeah, great record by the way. Uh, Fifty kind of went at all of them because they were on the record with Ja Rule. Yeah, that was kind of lame. That's when it started. That's honestly when it started because as actually New York was killing it. We had like Fat Joe, Ashanti, and all of this shit. Ja Rule, and then ja Rule, Rule was killing it. Jigga was killing that shit. Dipshit was about to come out. Yeah, yeah. Was about it was all out. New York shit, and then it moved to South, like Dirty South shit. And it was like a span of like six months. I really like Charlie Baltimore. I'm only, I'm only, I'm nah, no, you're yeah. alone on yeah. that okay. shit. No one was <laughs> fucking with Charlie Baltimore. <laughs> No one, no one. Where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? <laughs> we were talking about Ja Rule, Murder Inc. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like she was signed to Murder Inc. for a minute. Now, yeah, I see. Yeah. I always think of her from Entertainment, man. Nah, she was down with Murder Inc. She came out yeah. with. Um, I, I, you right though, but I remember. I that, remember her. What from was that Night Court song she was on? She was with Cameron. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 oh, dun, I forgot dun, the name of that. I know you're talking about. They sampled Nightcore, the <laughs> no sitcom. Way. Yeah. You don't know that shit? I remember the show. The show, I don't remember the song. Go back to fucking Cali, boy. <laughs> 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 Yo, that shit was. She, so, but they was running shit, though. Like, Murder Inc. had a crazy run. They did, man. yeah. Yo, Charlie Baltimore was signed to Entertainment, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. she was part of Cameron's crew. Yeah. So oh, it was like shit. her and Jim Jones, right? Who was on that song? Her and Jim Jones. It was him, Jim Jones, and her? I want to say, yeah. 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 That was going to be mm-hmm. like the new crew. Yeah. And then that whole shit got fucked up. I don't know what and, the fuck happened. And then happened. she went and she got signed. Well, she got down with Murder, Inc. And what was it? The, what song was it? The batch, Badass Chick or? Um, that shit was whack. Well, I who? don't know, man. Oh, oh, oh Down Ass Chick. Down Ass Chick. There we oh, go. Oh, with, yeah. uh, with Ashanti. Yo, yeah. who was that oh, chick yeah. that was on the R&B shit? Um, Lil, Lil Mo? No, 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 no. The... She was in Belly. She was the side chick. Vita. Was it? Vita. Vita? Yeah. yeah. Vita. But who was she? was someone's sister, right? I don't know. Oh, shit, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I remember from Belly. What she the was fuck like a young to chick that Tommy was know. like <laughs> in the car with, right? Yeah. She yeah, was somebody else's sister, right? Was she on the song? She was dope. She was on that song. She was too. on. Yeah, Down she was on, yeah. Yeah. She was on um, Put It On. Put it on. Put me. on me. She oh, was on that. Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. She was. That was the, the, sec- she had the second verse on Put It I On. I don't know. She rapped the second verse. Lil oh, Mo yeah, sang the right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the same person at first. You think that 50 beefing with like New Yorkers just crumbled it? Like if he would have just beefed outside of New York with other motherfuckers, it would have like kind of like held it down for New York? Because you couldn't fuck with so. him. You couldn't fuck with him, man. 
You couldn't. He like I think he he attacked the record industry like he did it like it was street on some street shit. Yeah, where it's like a we, bully. Yeah, well, some street shit. Yeah, like, yo, like, bully. you can't play me. You fucking with him, then you fucking with, then you the enemy too. Like, yeah. on some, like, serious, like... Gang shit. Yeah. That's some real street and shit. And I think a lot of motherfuckers was just like, yo, man, like, fuck this. And then he had Dre and Eminem. Yeah. Yo, that yeah, shit was crazy. It's like, yeah. yo, man. Steroids, fuck with bro. those guys, man. He had them too back. Even on an industry yeah. level, like radio, like... On like a radio broadcasting distribution level, who's who's gonna fucking talk shit to Fifty Cent, Shady Records, Interscope, Aftermath, yeah, Aftermath, yeah, G Unit? Yeah. At that time, no I think one, nobody. He just he just took over the market, and then it kind of fucked then, everything. And then Jay Z retired. Yeah. That, that oh didn't yeah. Help yeah. Either. <laughs> Yo, I think he fucked with a lot of motherfuckers. Heads. Well, that's when I remember we said this shit a few podcasts ago. Jay Z said, "Yo, put as much as records as we can right now because 50's coming." And I want to know what records did he hear to feel that way, which is nuts. Wait, yeah. what did you say? Jay Z said uh, he told everybody in Rockefeller, "Yo, we're gonna put out as many like put all, all your shit out because 50 Cent is coming." And so that's when uh, Never said that Rockefeller was just pumping music out, and then. I, I want to know what records did he hear. What it was probably like when all that Young Gun shit come out. That's, like yeah, the exactly. fucking uh, Beanie Seagull shit. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. All that mm-hmm. Rock the Mic, all of that shit. Because as soon yeah. as that came and 50 came, it was like a rap. That was Because 50 yeah. was on that tour. So <laughs> Jay was hearing all of his shit probably just yeah. on some other, like on in the backs. And but like, that album dropped tour, already. When they did that tour together. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I, want, but, I just want to know what records that Jay-Z heard. That made him probably on the like how to rob back. shit and like the early like mixtape shit. I didn't really hear any of 50's mixtape. I'm sure y'all Dude, did, right? Man. 50 that was, was killing the mixtape. That mixtape yeah. before the album drops. Yo, Which one was that one? We were playing like his version of Chingy. Remember that, right yeah, there? I remember that oh, shit. Oh, we have the, uh, that I one came that out here. Yeah. His, his version of Love You Better? <laughs> I love Cool J drum? Yeah. He Yo, performed I'm telling you right now, at that time, who the fuck were you playing? Like, you weren't playing like even, freestyle versions of records yeah. from a mixtape back then, man. Nah. Even Cry Me A River. Uh, Yo, this is vinyl. This is vinyl days, bro. This is like the bootlegs. It's not like yeah, you could download vinyl. that shit and play it on Serato. Like, you had to wait for someone to put that on vinyl to play. And motherfuckers actually took... 50 Cent freestyles on other motherfuckers' songs, like the Chingy right there, yeah. like the L.O. Cool J, Love You Better. Mm-hmm. We waited for those vinyls so we could play it in the motherfucking and club. Yeah, I remember he nuts. performed the Chingy freestyle at the get, at the Rock the Mic tour, and motherfuckers oh, yeah. went nuts. That dude was an animal, bro. Yeah. Like, went nuts. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing the same shit he did with, with music, but in TV, which is nuts. He went in and took BT. Yeah, but I don't know if anyone's that's watching that. Yeah, 50 nobody's Central watching shit. that, man. That's not gonna last. But <laughs> Fifty Central shit. He did the he did the power. He has a and then he has a big meech. Power's uh, dope. Power's incredible. Power's dope. I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm addicted to that shit. Yeah. yeah. Now, and right now he's doing the the. Yo, last the, season was whack though. You thought so? A little. It bit. got better towards the end, man. It dragged. It dragged. For a while. Yeah. You want to know why though? Is because they've been asking for more episodes, and I don't think they want to give it to him. So and they bet some someone will pick that I, shit up. I mean, I, enough yeah. about this shit. I'm I'm like you know, fifties everywhere. Let's yeah. keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> are we got? done talking about Mason Cam? I mean, it ain't really not much yeah, to say. It's been an old point. beef. I I definitely yeah, don't okay. need to hear any more fucking yeah, records. Okay, yeah. let's just okay unanimous decision. Who won the, the beef right now? What are you talking about? Like, do you want to hear Mace come back? Well, Mace like, can't. I mean. Pause. Mace came at him first, 
and they kind of killed him yeah, off. Yeah, but the, here's the question. Do you want to hear Ma- an album from Mace or you want to hear singles from Mace right now? No. Nah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm an old school head. I love old school, but I don't want to see no fucking Mace and Cameron. I want to hear about that shit. It's like, come yeah, on, man. Yeah. It's like 20 years like later. If never doesn't want to hear, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the beef, but I feel like Mace still got might have some hits left in him. No way. Nah. You think so? I think his style He's of flow delusional. is coming back. I, I think his flow so, is coming back. Have you seen him? <laughs> In the in the interviews though, but have you seen him in interviews? Oh, he was in the head yeah. like cover shit on, and only he his eyes mask on. Yeah, only his like cheek is. Nah, but what he's saying, out. like he's not in tune with social media. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. With what what he doesn't understand what these kids want. Yeah. He got a song with Khaled and Diddy, right? I haven't heard it. He has a song with them on it. I heard it. Sounds but whack. They, yo, they're really? not co-signing it. He's like, yo, I just released it because none of them wanted to co-sign it. Oh, well, shit. If those motherfuckers don't want to co-sign it, there's a reason for that, bro. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to hear is like, what are they, 40? Yeah. Mace is 42 and Cameron's 41. I don't want to hear about, hear hear about shit, motherfuckers man. beefing yeah. at 40 years old on some shit that happened when they were in their 20s. I've been 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you should have gotten over that shit by now. You yeah. feel me? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean... I think it's a rap. I don't need to hear about that shit. And I think I don't need to hear any songs from Mace. If he want to release some shit on his own, that's cool. But like, I'm not, I don't need to check for that shit. Yeah. You feel me? But that's crazy. We can all, we can all agree on that. Uh, as long as we agree. Right, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, we can. We can. <laughs> Fucking guy. <Yeah. laughs> um, New music? I mean, we hit, we hit in like an hour. So let's go through. Y'all heard the, the new Big Sean and Metro Boomin? Yeah. Um, by the way, any label looking for an A and R, please go hire Cricket because he knows his shit. Yeah, yeah. Why I, do you say why, that? Why, why you say that? that? Okay, because he he woke up before anybody of us to listen to that record, the uh, Big Sean and Metro Boomin uh, collaboration, and he chose one song, and that song is very powerful. I think it has longevity in it, and it's called "Was It So Good" with yeah. Cash Doll. Yeah, that record probably I think is the best record of the whole album. And then, um, so yeah, you chose it first before anybody. And it, I, I mean, right. that doesn't mean shit. But I mean, I listened to the whole album, and that was the record that I heard that to me had like uh, nightclub potential. Yeah. That, yeah. Yo, like whenever I hear an album, I think like a DJ first. Do y'all do that? Yeah. I just yeah. I instantly yeah. go through the album, and I'm just like, yo, is this something I can play in the club? I feel the same yeah. way. Yeah. 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 So that's the honestly how I was approaching this I shit. I think that's a hit. I think uh, Pull Up and Wreck, you might be able to get away with it, but it's not a hit as far as club is concerned. It's a good record for the album, but uh, So Good is definitely like, that's like a club banger, and I think like it's going to hit. The Which, one with the Spanish, the year. Yeah, the one with the Spanish sample guitar, yeah. Narcos or whatever it's just called, that shit is dope too. That's dope, and it's going to be like a mask off. I feel like, I hope not. That, that's some shit I just want to ride to the, you cannot, the car with. Well, you can't play that shit in the club. Yeah, don't play that shit but in the club. But motherfuckers are going to request that shit in the club. So I know good. they're gonna request it. Do so good, don't females are gonna like that shit in the club. Yo, I know a lot of females. I love so good. Yeah, that's that, like a, that that's like goes. that. That's that instant. Like, that's yeah. that's that's a no. That's a no brainer. If if they're smart, the first video they should come out with should be yeah. that. Oh, that said, be the first you video. said something pretty interesting. I thought made a lot of sense. Is that the the album didn't have necessarily a sense of direction, and by meaning what I say about that is like when Metro Boomin works with like Twenty One Savage or Future, those projects have like a sound that yeah. are specific to that artist. And maybe this didn't have that for Big Sean. 
Big Sean kind of can rap in any type of beat, to be honest. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The only problem is is that when you have an album like this with Metro Boomin and uh, Big Sean, they have to establish a chemistry. They have to establish a sound. And you got to kind of understand like, oh, I get it. This makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. The fucking first song on the album is with Travis Scott. So how do you establish a sound between these uh, this producer and this rapper when you have someone as dominant of a presence? With a sound. Travis Scott has a dominant presence. And a sound. How can that be the first song? I don't like that song, by the way. No, but like when you put that as the first song, you automatically fuck up the vibe of the album. Right. The first yeah. song on that album should have been Big Sean just going off for like 60 bars on like an ill-ass Metro Boomin' beat. Yeah. Because he didn't do that. Mm. He didn't fucking go off at all on this album, I think. You know what I mean? No, uh, there's, a, there's like one that he goes on. Yeah, but he, he should have sustained that in the beginning of the album. The first listen to the album, it should have been like, this is what we're doing. And honestly, when you put Travis Scott as the first fucking song, I just think you're just trying to make some money or you're just trying to like, you're just trying to do some hype shit. Like when you see that playlist, when you see that playlist, you're like, damn, man, this shit going to be crazy. Yeah. And then you hear it, you're like, damn, man. Should have known that. It should have been like way bigger. But not only that. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Big Sean excels on like 90 to 100 BPM to me. Oh, yeah, we said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't be, yeah, he shouldn't be on like a 70, 80 BPM shit. And I just think, like, that's where you fucked up. Well, I don't fuck with Choose or what, a 90... That's 90, 90, 99? Yeah. And that's probably his biggest record That's today. his lane, right? Yeah. So, like, if That's him, mustard. Yeah, that's, that mustard sound. See, that would have been dope. Yeah. I think that would have been an ill collab if, if it was uh, Big Sean, Mustard, and I think who goes well with him is Tiger. Yeah. That would have been like a... Tiger keeps a hit with Mustard. Because even the records they have together... Big Sean and Tiger. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Yo, like I could even hear Tiger and Big Sean doing some like Styles and Jadakiss shit where they go back and forth, like yeah. one line for line. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They got a they got a record. Uh, do what I gotta do. It's oh yeah, kind of yeah. like that. It's just kind of ill. Or even like remember Burn? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, something like that. Like that, that would have been crazy. crazy. Like Big Sean and Tiger could have did something like that. Yeah, like, that was dope. Was that was like that was Meek Mill and, and Sean, right? Yeah, but that was hungry, yeah. Big Sean. That was when yeah. Big Sean was hungry. Yo. That shit was hard. <laughs> big Sean, I think he got soft. I, I mean, produced? I don't think he's soft, but well, I just he think he got comfortable. Man. He got the girl of his dreams. So, shit. I mean, he's always had. He's always had the girl of his dreams, though. Nah, who cool. Ariana Grande? Nah, the chick. The, the, the chick from uh, Janaeco. Nah, the, the other chick one from um, Glee. Yeah. Nah, she out here beating <laughs> motherfuckers up. No. Is that who he's with now? <laughs> that no. was his. That was nah, his he's, first he's fiance. Yeah, and then he was with Ariana Grande for like two years. What was her name? Nina something, right? Um. Naya Rivera. Naya Rivera. Now she's like got a domestic violence charge. Yeah, she got and arrested. She was, and she was fucking with David Spade too, or whatever his name. Is. That's that song. I don't fuck with you. Was about her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he got with Ariana Grande, and then now he's with Janae Aiko. So I mean, he's been winning with the women. So that ain't. You think Janae Aiko was a good transition from Ariana Grande? I like Janae. I think it's an upgrade. I mean, <laughs> what, Yo, not, he, wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, <laughs> We talking about talent? Yeah, move that. Career-wise? I'm a big... You mean career-wise? Career-wise? No, I mean, no. Nah. Career-wise, I think, in the limelight, in, like, marketing... In marketing. Then Ariana Grande was clearly the yeah. look. But she's like Mac Miller, yo. <laughs> if, but, I, if I was Big Sean's PR, yeah. publicist, or mm-hmm. marketing director, 
I would have been like, yo, Fear. how are you going to go from Ariana Grande to Janae Aiko? Well, I think Janae Aiko is more his lane. And then, she, did she leave, leave her husband yeah. for Big Sean? Yo, that yeah. was yeah. even worse, bro. <laughs> I don't even think she... And then, hold on. And then her husband... Uh, was Kid Cudi's best friend, and him and Kid Cudi were boys, and then that should kind of yeah. strengthen the relationship. But didn't uh-huh. didn't you notice that when he left Ariana Grande, his relevance in the music kind of just shifted a little bit? I noticed it. I would say his relevance in in like um and the like a list, yeah, the a list celebrity status, yeah. yeah, like that that Nickelodeon. He like, was getting like that kind of that kind of pride kind of checks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Janae, I, like I, Kids Choice Awards and shit. Yeah. Janae Aiko is beautiful. She's a beautiful like she's she's talented. I just think I don't know if I if I can like as I don't know. I don't see like how Ariana Grande to Janae Aiko. I think it's like Karuchi, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She left Chris Brown. Who the fuck is she gonna go to after that? <laughs> well, she got a that's number why one TV show. Yeah, but she that's why she's waiting in the cut because she can't really go public with another dude unless right. she's it's better. It's a better look than Chris Brown. Right. Arguably, yeah. not to like. I mean, this is really shallow. What we're saying. This is like well, seriously shallow. <laughs> well, I think it, it's both since we're. I think they were working on music and it just kind of happened with Janae Aiko and Big Sean. That's what I. Think. I thought it was fake in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like, like kind of like plotted because of the music, so it just kind of like looked because cool they were they together. were forcing the shit. They, I feel like she was forcing it too much. She was leaving like hearts in his comments and like, yeah, and like fucking eggplants and shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? I just thought it was like fake. Like they weren't really, really, yeah. fit, like it was like a business thing where it's kind of like, yo, Sean is done with Ariana. Ariana Grande, who can we link up and have it be uh, like a benefit for his career? Yeah. It's like that Selena Gomez and fucking weekend shit. And then she went back to Bieber. I think that was like some career shit. Like, yeah. I, I don't believe know. in Gotta that. get this guy back, yeah. I, just, I think that was a major upgrade to me. From where? I think that right. gave her more legitimacy as like a fucking, as a musician or weekend singer. Weekend or Bieber? What? Weekend. Mm. Going to Weekend? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think wait, let's. This is really fucking dumb. I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> the weekend gets invited to like the Met Gala. The the weekend goes to like fashion shows. Yeah. Does Bieber have that same status? Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. I don't know. Musically, I think Weekend is better. Musically, class too. Yeah. Like fashion shows. Like- fashion. I mean, Bieber doesn't have no line with with Puma. Well, you guys honest. disagree with me. No, no, I I think I agree. I, I mean, think Bieber is like he's looked at as like a young boy, and, and that's Weekend's just, that's just like a, yeah, a but, ultra mega star. But, but like Weekend, a, I think has respect. Bieber's like a young fuck boy. Yeah, he dresses like a fuck boy, <laughs> like especially now when he's you know but he's kind of lost. The Weekend got respect, I think, and it, yeah. it like catapulted her respect level too. But then she the she went back to the fuck boy. Yeah. In the end. So it don't matter. <laughs> the fuck boys always win. Yeah. Anyway, man. I mean, we ready to close this shit up. Is that it? Yeah, y'all want to talk about this bullying shit? I don't really want to talk nah, about it. Nah. Kind of over it. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, Jamie was really upset about this. I really want to talk about it too. I ain't gonna lie. I, I was mad because it became all a fucking scam. This yo. white kid on the fucking you want to play the video? No, I don't want to play that video. That shit okay. is playing on everyone's Basically, feed. Basically, this kid got bullied. They call him ugly. Uh, newsflash. Every man is ugly, my guy. 
Uh, they threw milk at him. All right, man. We don't need a, a whole summer. So I'm shoot. just saying. And then his mom was just taking money. They coll- they she collected sixty G's. Wait, oh, just off of this little joint. This off of this two day thing. Yes. This much that much already? Yes. Unreal. And ja- then Jamie's mad because he how much did you Jamie, put in? Yeah, did you give? <laughs> did you give him your five dollars that that J Cole? Did you mail him your five dollar J Cole signature? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> nah, I just That's I just don't mad. I just don't like people taking advantage of people and shit. You know, it's like reverse bullying in a way. Like I don't know, it's just wild. I don't want to talk about it. I want to know one thing. What's up? Were they were they bullying him because? He call, he was racist and his family was racist and he said the n word to like his his classmates and shit. That's what they're saying, but because the mom mom's Facebook has mad Confederate flags and and all this shit, it looks bad now. It's like yo, yeah, and supposedly he was calling the uh, the other kids in the school the n word and it was saying all this shit. Yo, you deserve to get milk on you for that. You don't I don't, I don't think he deserves to get milk on him for that. You can't. You being racist in school. Yeah, but he's a kid. So, so you're when, saying like it's learned behavior from somewhere else, and that yeah, needs to be it's not his fault. He was he was brainwashed that when he was little. I mean, you, I guess you're right on that sense. So I think instead, what what should have happened is these kids. Nah, these kids should have pulled him aside and been like, "Yo, why are you calling us that? Because honestly, when you say that shit to us, it's really insulting and like hurts our fucking feelings." I don't even think that's realistic for a kid. Your kid's not thinking nah, articulate. Nah, nah. He's trying to fight him. He's trying to like, kill nah, him. No, but then the, the teachers, like yeah, the parents, the, the parents and the elders should have put that conversation. That should that conversation should have happened. Yeah. Now we don't know if maybe they did bring it to, you know, to the light, and the teachers were just like, "Nah, they're tripping," and that's why these actions were. Yeah, taken. but you know what? I don't like. I will put it this way: I don't like it when I see motherfuckers that are like, "Yo, this kid shouldn't have been bullied." And all of a sudden, oh, he's a racist? Oh, that's cool. No, that's not cool. Like, that's not how you solve shit either way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like these dudes who, um, if 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 I'm an executive or I'm a CEO of a company and I'm racist uh, and I get fired, does that help anything? No. No. All it does is it makes all these other CEOs and all these executives be like, yo, I ain't saying shit. Yeah, I'm going some, back in the closet. Some, some yeah. athlete, I, I forgot who it was. I think it was Richard Sherman from the Seattle Seahawks, and I could be wrong, but he was like, that was the worst thing they could have did was fire um, or get rid of the owner from the Clippers because all the other owners that might be racist, they was like, oh, shit, let's dial it back because mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to get caught slipping. So if we are racist, we're going we gonna to keep it on the low. It's like if someone's racist, you kind of want to know. At least you know what you're up against. Yeah, but they should go through the process and the the actual thinking of how that person became racist because no one is born racist so something must have happened in that motherfucker's upbringing yeah. that made him become racist or made him think that shit you well, know what the, I mean there's him like holding confederate flags that looks like he's young as Yeah like, but that's not him that's his parents bro Yeah it's not true. his fault you know what I mean Honestly like it's it has nothing to do with him and you can't change his parents but you can change him Right you may be able to change his parents, but I'm just saying, like... Chances I, are slim. Yeah, I guess Yo, you're right. They fucking yeah. dirtbags to begin with anyway. If they fucking teach the videos yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel That's bad wild. for that kid because he's getting the fucking... The he's the poster the child for this shit right now. <laughs> he's getting it worse now than he did 
Yeah. When the video first surfaced, the film crying about being no, bullied. Re- they might really be. Now that like, oh, fuck that kid. His, his <laughs> mom's a racist. chocolate milk. <laughs> Let's get some more chocolate yeah. milk. They might That's really foul. be fucking. I guess you're right, Kirkie. Maybe them, I, Giving I, them wedgies and all kind of shit. Just <laughs> fucking with them. Just, yeah. I, maybe I, I just saw it as a, like, I don't know. I just don't like people taking advantage of other people like that. And we Yo. do not condone any of this shit. No. By the, no. the funny shit is this. Why the fuck did you believe that? I. It I was didn't the believe sentimental it. value that everyone I felt like. Yo, that shit was on Instagram. I don't believe a motherfucking thing I see on Instagram. Yeah. That shit is like TV. That shit is entertainment to me, man. It's like every week somebody fake caring and about something. It was something. like so many people were reposting it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I so woke many, up to this shit. I'm yeah. like, damn, like this is like an epidemic. You know what's the best shit? The best shit was that it was a lot of black entertainers posting that shit. <laughs> yeah. Look at the irony on that right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chris Brown was one of the first people that saw saw him posted. Uh, all of these black entertainers, yo, all of these black entertainers were like, and yo, no, no I, more bullying, man. Like, like yo, you need like to stop important. this shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. wild. I don't know, but I guess we'll end it on that note. On that note, the fellas. lesson the lesson here is don't fucking take Instagram so seriously, man. man. It's not the news, even, yo. Even Preach. even Snoop was like, yo, DM me, shorty, oh, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> That shit is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, it's a wrap. Till next time. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.